0: has said that he will reveal all he knows about the corruption and the world football body. Warner says uh, he feared for his life, also said that he could link FIFA officials to general elections in his native Trinidad and Tobago. In 2010, he's one of 14 people charged by the U.S. over alleged corruption at FIFA. And to talk to us about these latest developments, we're on the line now to our Deputy Sports Editor Janet Whitten. Janet, a very good evening to you. I suppose it's almost like a domino effect. We, we actually wait in anticipation to see which chips fall next.
1: Yes, it is a bit like that. Every day um, I wake up in the morning and I sort of think, well, what's going to happen on this story now? Jack Warner's uh, comments were quite extraordinary just in the way that they were made, not so much in what he actually said, because he was actually indicted, as you know, last Mm. week by the U.S. Justice Department, um, and he was subsequently arrested and let out on bail in Trinidad. So he's already been in custody anyway. Um, What he did was, uh, was... was paid for a for a, for a slot on Trinidad Television to make this 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 rather extraordinary statement, where he he kind of said that um, he was going to spill the beans and tell on everybody, including Seth Blatter, and that he feared for his life. Um, how much truth there is in that, and how much he's ever actually going to say? I'm not sure. Jack Warner has been accused before, and Jack Warner has said in the past that he would spill the beans, but he never has. Um, we have no doubt that he has a lot of information. He's been a senior vice president to Sepp Blatter for a long time. Um, there are countless incidents of them and photographs of them in the same situation. We know that they were very close. Um, so so if Jack Warner does actually tell everything that he knows, the chances of Sepp Blatter being drawn into it and being drawn into it to extent where the American authorities might have something to charge him with are quite high. Whether Jack Warner will actually spill all those beans or not remain to
0: be seen. Brad and I were having this conversation about the final hours that led to Sepp Blatter actually stepping down and I I, mean, I think even for you that was a, a very unexpected move so what? how much does Warner have to lose? What can stop him from spilling the beans now so to speak?
1: Um. N- n- if he can get a deal, he would. Um, then there would be nothing to stop him from spilling the beans. I'm not sure. I think it's too late for him to get a deal already. He's already been indicted, um, and I don't think that the Americans are going to give um, g- give him any kind of deal and let him go. They have Chuck Blazer already, who has already made a deal. He, um, he was charged in November 2013, um, and he's been telling them a lot already. A lot of the information from the indictment comes from Chuck Blazer's testimony um, and he was not given any jail time but he was given a very big fine in the billions of dollars that he had to to pay back um, was the plea bargain that he came to. I don't think that they're going to offer Jack Warner the same thing. Jack Warner... One gets the impression, not only over what's happened over the last week, but what the the, the bits and pieces and the rumor mill that's been going around about corruption at FIFA over the past few years, that Jack Warner is probably central to all of it. And I don't think that they're going to offer him a deal. Um, So I think it's going to be very difficult for him to reach any kind of agreement. He might spill the beans just to try try and save face. He's a political animal. He's a political Mm. animal within FIFA and also within Trinidad. And I think he's going to do what he can to save face as well. Let's
0: talk about uh, Blazer versus Warner, so to speak. They seem to have contradictory statements, especially with regards to whether or not South Africa uh, did facilitate or even proffer a bribe or even make one at all. Uh, Blazer has admitted that he helped facilitate that. Warner says there's, there's no
1: such thing. You know, there's new the the the, the um, information that was released overnight. with the 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 court transcripts from that 2013 court appearance, where um, the, the the plea bargain was reached with Chuck Blazer doesn't offer any real new information. Um, I've read all 40 pages of it, and there's actually less information in that than there is in the US indictment that we saw last week, the US Justice Department indictment. Um, in this one, he just pleads guilty, so it's all about himself. There's no no details about mm. who else was involved. So, um, so the information that we have from Chuck Bazer is still very much based on the information that we had last week, and and they very it does very specifically mention the two South Africans, the co-conspirators 15 and 16, who are specifically identified as members, as, as South Africans and members of the 20, 2006 and 2010 um, bidding committees. But we still actually have no idea who that is. And I think you know, you may or may not um, accept completely what Figueroa and Balula said yesterday, but one thing that he did say that I think is absolutely true now, is that the ball really is in the FBI's court now. We need, uh, we need to wait for them to actually release a little bit more information 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 to try and find out what they have and try and get more of an indication as to who those two co-conspirators are because at the moment we just don't have any idea. Janet,
0: just as briefly as you can before I go to Clive Simpkins about this because I think it's an important uh, issue to also address with him. What about the LOC, the people who are uh, in charge or, uh, you know, who are still also in charge of uh, certain soccer bodies here? Why is there complete silence there? What does it mean for us ultimately?
1: I think it's a mistake that they are being so quiet. Um, Both the LOC as it was then, I I know what and Balula said, and I think everybody accepted it uh, the same way that I did yesterday, that it was a cop-up, that it doesn't exist anymore, so we can't call them together. All of those people are still around. A lot of them are still in South Africa. Um, It it was very possible to have spoken to any or all of them. Um, The sports minister at the time wasn't and Balula, so he's kind of being being um sort of fed up for, uh, in a situation that's not actually of his making because the sports minister okay. then was the reverend, Sof- uh, um, I still I think it's a cop-out. I think those people should be
0: speaking. Alright, thanks a lot Janet. Janet Whitten is our Deputy Sports Editor and to talk a little bit more about this is marketing and communication strategist Clive Simpkins. A very uh, good evening to you Clive and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. I asked that last question because I mean some of these individuals are still in very powerful. Positions when uh, it comes to especially the soccer world. I, I want to look at uh, the impact on not only their brand but our brand as a result of that.
2: Yeah, bottom line to it is uh, in your last question to Janet, if they have nothing to hide, then the, the worst thing they can possibly be doing is to do what they are, and that is having gone to ground and they're not talking about it. So if you were really interested in preserving or protecting the brand or the reputation, they should talk and talk quickly.
0: Hmm. There's a saying that if you throw a mud at it and it sticks um pretty much you're assuming that it's the truth, so in this case, has it been able to stick the image of South Africa being this corrupt country that um has pretty much bought the World cup?
2: But the unfortunate thing is it, it plugs into an African stereotype and corruption is not a franchise in Africa. Every Thai prime minister has had to stand on, almost every Japanese prime minister has had to stand on. So corruption is a universal franchise. But unfortunately, in this kind of instance, it could be a case of, oh, look what Africa has gone and done again. But uh, something that we have to remind ourselves about is that when there is any form of corruption or any form of bribery, there are always two parties involved.
0: Hmm. And which is exactly the thing? So we have on one case, Jack Warner, who's saying um, it didn't happen. Chuck Blazer saying it, it did happen. Who do we believe? And as you say, if for every corruptor, there's a corruptee as well.
2: You know, I would kind of go with Glazer, I have to say, because when you're an an elderly man and you have what sounds like terminal cancer, there would be little point in going and muckraking in an issue like that um, for no good reason. So um, I I would tend to go with him. Warner, I'm afraid, uh, doesn't have an exactly illustrious past behind him.
0: OK, now let's talk about what next for FIFA. Sepp Blatter has stepped down and the uh, idea for many who were anti-Sepp Blatter, or who believe that uh, he's closely linked to the corruption. He's stepped down now, but where to go for, for FIFA? He's spoken about the need for transformation, but where do you begin with the transformation? Is his absence the beginning of that?
2: His absence would certainly help, Um, and I mean, his initial attempt, and I'm not sure where that's gone so far, to remain in charge for a couple more months as a kind of handover, etc., etc., would be catastrophic. What they need is a complete and utter clean break, and they need somebody who is accepted in the world of soccer, for example, as being somebody who has a clean pair of hands and who's somebody committed to ethical and moral governance and get somebody like that in. Anything short of that, any cronyism handing over to one of the existing people, uh, is not going to do the job at all, I'm afraid. Mm.
0: Uh, you know, just speaking to, or rather listening to Jack Warner about how he even suspects that uh, FIFA was involved with general elections, uh, manipulating general elections in Trinidad and Tobago. This has always been the image of FIFA, this uh, big uh, legal mafiosi club. So, how do they, you know, turn that around while maintaining the amount of power and influence that they had?
2: they won't retain the same power and the influence because um, as with all of these people who are incredibly powerful and influential, they get to a point where they somehow or other become deluded into the idea that they are untouchable and that they're above the law. And when that stage is reached, that's typically when there's a downfall, and that's exactly what's happened here. Then they never manage to build that same sort of power base again, because the level of scrutiny that would be applied to anything that happened with FIFA in the future would be absolutely phenomenal compared with what had been done in the past.
0: Quick and final one, in a word, Clive. If FIFA were to consider changing its name, would it help it shirk off some of that negative uh, publicity?
2: No, I'm afraid it would be putting lipstick on a pig. It would still be a pig.
0: I love that. (laughs) I've heard that that second time in a row. No, thanks a lot, Clive. Clive Simpkins, uh, he is marketing and communications strategist. So no lipstick on your bacon, Rob Byrne.
1: Traffic.